Hey, my name is Anna Brubaker, and I am the creator and host of Humans of Montclair, a Montclair, New Jersey-based podcast documenting the lives of citizens, businesses, and projects throughout our town. Since I was a little kid, I've always been fascinated by politics and the current events happening on the state and national level. I was curious about what was going on, why people or groups carry different perspectives on particular matters, but also who was on the front lines of all of this. But as I've gotten older, I've realized this is a trait or fascination that I share with many of my fellow Montclairians, and I think it's amazing how aware and passionate we are about what's going on in our world, and that we can speak up about our opinions and generate possible solutions. On today's Humans of Montclair episode, I spoke to someone who's on the front lines of all the things that we as Montclairians talk about each day, whether it be climate change, to the cost of living in Montclair, or the effects COVID has had on every small business in our town. My guest today has advocated and listened to the voices of everyone in her congressional district and is running for re-election this year. On today's episode of Humans of Montclair, I interviewed Congresswoman Mikey Sherrill. Mikey represents New Jersey's 11th congressional district, which encompasses parts of Montclair as well as parts of Morris, Sussex, and Passaic County. Mikey is a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, and spent almost 10 years as a helicopter pilot, where she flew missions throughout the Middle East and Europe. Congresswoman Cheryl also served as a Russian policy officer in the Navy, and worked on the implementation of her nuclear treaty obligations and oversaw the relationship between the United States' Navy and Russia's Navy. In 2003, Mikey left the Navy and graduated from Georgetown University Law School in 2007. Mikey then worked in the U.S. Attorney's Office in New Jersey. As an outreach and reentry coordinator, Congresswoman Cheryl developed programs to help prevent crime in the community. Then, as an assistant U.S. attorney, Congresswoman Cheryl worked to keep our community safe, prosecuting federal cases, and advising law enforcement on many investigations. Mikey won her election to the House of Representatives in 2018. On top of being a congresswoman, Mikey is a Montclair resident and mother. She is a very active member in our community, and her kids are involved with Montclair activities, such as the sports here, too. Mikey has been a strong advocate in Congress for New Jersey's families, lowering the cost of living in northern New Jersey, affordable health care, protecting our national security, honoring and defending our veterans and their families, and so much more. Congresswoman Mikey Sherrill is someone that really does promote unity and compromise that is in the best interest of the United States. Not only do I feel grateful to have her as one of Montclair's representatives, but it was incredible to have a conversation with her. First off, what is your name? What do you do in town? And what is one thing that you love about Montclair? So my name is Mikey Sherrill. And I am the congressman from the 11th district of New Jersey, which includes most of Montclair. And um, well, it will include most of Montclair after November with redistricting. And gosh, there's so much I love about Montclair. Um, I love, love, love um, all of the the children's activities in Montclair because I have four kids. And so I just love that no matter where they go, they seem to know someone from soccer or lacrosse or football or swim team or school or their middle school. So it's just been really wonderful because you feel like, um, I I just feel like our kids have such a great network of people throughout the town. Yeah, for sure. I was actually talking to my brother who's like an avid soccer player. He um, went to St. Peter's prep, but he's just transferring to Montclair High School and he was on the soccer team and he was like, oh, I think um, our congresswoman's son, our congressman's son was on my soccer team at one point. I was like, that's insane. (laughs) Yeah, we're so 
interconnected. That's great. It's such a small world, even though we're a pretty big town. We have like almost 40,000 people. It's incredible. So as you said before, you represent NJ's, um, NJ 11's, New Jersey's 11th district. And I think um, I'm part of the Citizen Government Institute at Montclair High School. Um, so we do study the districts around the state. Um, I think NJ 11 is so interesting because it's not just representing Montclair, Glen Ridge, and the other like other towns around it. Um, this could be wrong because of redistricting, but from what I know, it covers parts of Passaic County, Sussex County, Morris County, and those demographics are so interesting because not everyone in those counties or towns are people like people in Montclair. There are a bunch of people who are in unions, for example, who may have different political or economic ideologies based on how we're brought up. So um, how do you represent New Jersey or NJ Levin's diversity of economic thought and economic or environment? You know, that was when I first started running, this had been a Republican district for over three decades. And you could go to the eastern part of my district, like Montclair, which you're familiar with, which some people call the People's Republic of Montclair. And you could go to the western part of my district and find um, a number of Trump flags and um, and really find a much more red part of the district. And so the challenge really, as I started, was to find those issues that brought us together. Um, because, you know, I think there has been such a great deal of work on social media and um, by some pundits and maybe the 24-hour news cycle to, to drive those wedges, to find those areas of controversy and, um, and whether because you want more followers or you want higher ratings to really drive a wedge between so many people in this country. And many of the issues, don't get me wrong, are very, very real and very, very concerning as we've seen from things like the January 6th committee. But that said, there's so much more that brings us together. And so what was surprising and quite frankly, in a way, a little bit sad given all the division is how easy it was when I started to work on those issues. And for my first campaign, um, something that it doesn't matter if you live on the Eastern part or the Western part, if you're on the left wing of the party or the right wing of the Republican party, I, it, everyone here is just really kind of offended by the notion of uh, the state and local tax deduction cap, because that is an added tax on very specific states who run their taxation in a certain way and do things like invest in the public school system or in pensions for our union members or any number of things. So um, that, that really brought everyone together. The Gateway Tunnel Project, um, that's the, the Hudson River Tunnel Project, which is a quality of life issue for commuters. It's an economic issue for North Jersey. Um, so that brought people together. Healthcare, um, the state of healthcare in this country has long been incredibly problematic. And you have people in my district that go to Canada to get insulin, which is just ridiculous. Um, so really driving down healthcare costs for people that all brought everyone together. Many of those issues have morphed and changed. And right now we're at a point where, again, some of the things that might surprise you that people are very united on, given um, how diverse politically my district can be, people care very much about choice. Um, that is something that just uh, many people, uh, many Republicans as well, are very offended by these notions that um, a choice to have an abortion should be anything but something between a woman and her doctor 
or that uh, a woman might be banned from traveling in any way, shape or form, that your freedom to do that might be taken away. That, that actually is very scary to many of us. Um, and uh, people are also concerned about gun safety. That's very, again, this, this kind of transcends political parties. We know in the rest of the nation, gun violence has gone up 33% in New Jersey down 10. And this is the most densely populated state in the nation on the 95 corridor. So that is simply because of good gun safety legislation. Uh, the environment. In fact, my predecessor's father is, is really famous for um, protecting the great swamp being a huge conservationist. And so these are issues that bind us all together, which you might not think would in a, a purple district like this. So that's how what the work I do is bringing everyone together around issues we care about so that, because that's when I'm at my strongest. I'm at my strongest in Washington when I'm working on those issues that so many people in the district care about. I get so much support at home to do just that. So those are the issues I work to bring everyone together on. Yeah, I mean, this kind of ties into my next question. I mean, throughout your time as um, a congressman, there's been a major streak of bipartisanship on your end. And I've admired it so much because it's when it comes to these bipartisan issues, they're, in my opinion, human issues, whether it be healthcare, education, gun safety. I mean, I'm a high school student, I'm a senior. And while it's exciting, my friends and I always talk about, we never know what's gonna happen when we go to school. And we're very lucky to live in New Jersey, which has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. And again, we are the most densely populated state in the union, but it can affect anyone. You always have to be aware of that. And it's unfortunate, but about that, I mean, I've admired the work you've done, especially in education, where you're fighting for bipartisan legislation, to break the cycle of student loan debt, um, encouraging the proposal for students to borrow loans from the federal government solely for education or even to like refinance their debt. Um, these are all huge issues. And um, another thing that I've noticed though is that it can be very hard to, um, I, I guess like extend that olive branch or like reach across the aisle in a way. So how do you do that when you're proposing um, bills or legislation at hand? You know, um... I think it's really important for people to realize it's great to be an activist and to have an issue you care deeply about and to really work hard to get as much done on that issue as you can. And it is, you know, it's great to work in any number of fields and work on some of these issues. But when you are a member of the Congress of the United States, a legislative body, that body was built to find compromise. Um, because you have to gain a group of people who will vote with you to get things done. And it's even more important in the Senate, because I was just at an event with Senator Booker yesterday, and it gets even more complicated because we need 10 senators um, from right now because we have the 50-50 Senate to agree to anything we do. So you've got to find people who will support what you're doing. You've got to bring people together on your issue. And sometimes the only way to do that is to negotiate and to say, okay, look, in, in you know, sort of a negotiation that would, would probably be something we'd all agree to maybe, is this idea that I really wanna work on flooding. And I really have huge flooding issues in New Jersey that I desperately want to address. I wanna get grant programs. I wanna make sure you know, we're doing any number of things to remediate and help end some of the cycle of flooding that we have here. And I need people to vote for that. And maybe there's somebody in, you know, in the Western states who's like, why would I vote for that? I want all the money to go to droughts. 
I'm having huge drought issues in Arizona and all I care about is drought legislation. So maybe what we do is come together and say, we're gonna pass a piece of legislation um, that is broad enough that you could use it for climate change issues. So you could use it either for drought or for flood. That's sort of a benign one that a lot of people would understand that compromise. It certainly gets harder when there are issues at stake where you sort of are like, gosh, I, I would not go about that that way. I would not do it that way. But if I'm gonna get this really good piece of legislation passed, I'm gonna have to let in a little bit of this compromise so that we can move forward. And you know, that is, um, that is not somehow, uh, th that's how you get stuff done. And, and I guess people take different views of that. There, there is the view that you come up with your piece of legislation and you just start pushing, 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 pushing. And someday, maybe 10, 20, 30 years from now, the dam will break and you will get everything you want. I happen to be sort of on the side of, hey, people are suffering right now. So we keep getting better and better and better and better stuff done. We show the success of what we're doing so we can get even more change and make even more progress. Um, and that is a disagreement. That's a disagreement that, that many you know, smart members of Congress can have. I just get frustrated when there is a deal on the table and we let great be the enemy of good. So instead of taking care of issues that are really troubling people today and really impacting people's lives today, we say, no, I'm not gonna give one inch on this and, and maybe in 30 years, we'll get it done. You know, that's not good enough for me. Um, a big reason why I started Humans of Montclair um, was to highlight the businesses within the Montclair community that um, during a time where so many businesses needed to rely on social media or takeout to support their business, um, I could create um, or generate some press for them that's free too and just have fun and talk to people I knew. Um, what can you do as um, an elected official in New Jersey to help businesses throughout the state recovering from the primary effects of the first wave of COVID-19? So the biggest thing I can do as a member of Congress is pass legislation. Um, and so those are things like the PPP loans that you heard about. And something that's so important and why um, I engage in business roundtables and roundtables with some of our banks and loan um, groups is because I also can do better and pass better legislation when I actually hear from people on the ground. You know, when you're passing large pieces of legislation, even sometimes when you're passing small pieces of legislation and you have this idea that it will impact your district in a certain way or impact the country in a certain way, it feels like nine times out of 10, there are unintended consequences that sometimes you have to clean up with regulations, sometimes you have to re-legislate, but you know, You'll, you'll look at a situation, a, a new and novel situation like coronavirus, for example, and you'll say, this is, the, you know, this is how we think we're gonna get money out to people as quickly as possible in the best way possible. Unfortunately for a state like New Jersey, um, you know, we're not really the, in the one size fits all category of states. We're a very different state um, for a lot of reasons. And one reason is the cost of living and the high cost of rent, et cetera here. And so if you're opening a small business, you have what I would call like, a, you often have a lot of overhead. You have uh, rent, you have power, you have all kinds of overhead that's more expensive here than it is elsewhere in the country. And so when we put these loans out, we said, look, we're gonna just do payroll loans and the majority of this is gonna go to payroll. Well, that didn't work for New Jersey. A lot of businesses could not apply for those loans because uh, much of their cost of running the business went to overhead. 
And so we had to engage with the administration to change the regulations early on so that it would better fit New Jersey businesses. So that's what we did. And I'm really proud of, of our ability you know, to really focus on that, to hear from people and to actually make change to better fit our businesses. Um, the other thing I can do is just, again, use my platform to convene people. So oftentimes we'll hear of something, maybe people aren't able to get, the loans are maybe running through the state. Uh, these loans ran through state agencies. And we took an incredible amount of federal money and dumped it on the states as quickly as possible so we could really help businesses at the time they most needed it. But many of our states, um, I would say most of our states, were not equipped to take on this surge of money and get it out as, as quickly as we would have liked. So there were problems with some of the state agencies in doing that. So what I can do as a member of Congress is convene everyone, say, okay, I'm gonna to bring together a bank, which is loaning the money. I'm gonna to bring together the state, which is approving different applications. I'm gonna to bring together a business owner who's applying for this. And we're gonna to try to figure out why this isn't working. And we're gonna to come together and then we're gonna understand how we can best advocate with the state to do this better. And what resources the state might need from the federal government to do it better. And finally, I can just use my platform. Um, we did a lot during COVID. I was, every time I was in the district, I was doing small business walks. And we were just putting it up on social, you know, here are the businesses that are open, here's some of the stuff you can do, here's how hard they're working. And unfortunately, I'm not um, a member who has, uh, you know, millions of followers, so I'm not sure it got anybody more than, um, you know, a couple visits to their, their business. But I, I like to think and hope that what it did is remind people that small businesses need your support and get out there and businesses are opening after the darkest days of COVID, the businesses were opening and you should start going back out again and supporting your local business. Um, so those are some of the things I did during COVID. And I just want to applaud you because what a great idea and how thoughtful that well, you would want to support the community like that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I mean, it's just a kind of like, I guess like simpatico thing because Montclair has supported me so much with literally everything. It's like, I knew I had to pay it forward somehow. I mean, I don't know, I go to local coffee and I have a great friendship with Rob from local. I don't know. It's like those little things mean a lot to me. Like my community means a lot to me too. So it's like, if I can pay it forward in any way when you need it or they need it, this is the time to do it. Um, Montclair, as you know, has an insane or significant population of students, either through Montclair State, Montclair High School, or the surrounding even towns throughout the area. And a lot of those students happen to be eligible to vote this year. How can students or anyone for that matter register to vote in New Jersey or for the midterm elections coming up? Well, you can go to vote.org um, to register. Many students are also getting their driver's license. You can register at the MVC um, when you get your driver's license. And certainly if you need any help with that, you can always go to my website, MikeySherrill.com. You're not signing up to vote for me. You can just go get information, although I'd love your vote. Um, but you can go there and, um, and figure out if, if there's any other help you need or find a contact at my office who can walk you through the process. Amazing. And again, there are also 100 or less than 100 days until election day. How can Montclairians um, volunteer or get involved with Team Mikey? So you can, again, go to my website. Um, there are so many opportunities. And since, uh, since you raised all of the students here, the, something that I would encourage everyone to do is, is talk to your friends about voting. Um, we have an incredible amount of engagement by young people in so many ways. 
the voting numbers still aren't um, where I want them to be yet. I, I just, you know, it's, 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 we have a lot of people that move schools that have, you know, might go to school out of state and then come home uh, at different times. So luckily this time, mail-in ballots will go out in the middle of September. So if you sign up for mail-in ballot and if you're not too far away at college and you come home any of those weekends, you could vote your ballot. So that's one way to do it. If you can't get home on election day or wanna vote your ballot or don't wanna have your mail-in ballot go to your college. Um, some college, you know, the mail is a little tricky. Some college students like to have it at their house of residence with their parents. Um, so, and you can go around and remind um, students who are 18 years old that they're even going to be 18 by November. Look, this is your chance to vote. This is your chance to register. If you have any concerns, and I, you know, I know you've been complaining to me about X, Y, or Z. This is your time. You've got to vote. If you want to take it the next step, we have so many opportunities to canvas that's knocking on doors to talk to people about the election. Um, we have phone banking where you can call people. Uh, we have ballot chase. This is a really, some people have a little bit of hesitancy. They say, you know, I'm not somebody that really wants to, to go knock on doors with people I don't know. But we also just have um, phone calls that we do as ballots go out to just say, hi, Mr. So-and-so, I understand you have, uh, you know, you requested a mail-in ballot, you have that ballot. I just want to remind you to vote that ballot. If you have any questions about your, your ballot drop box, uh, you know, your, low, your nearest one is here and how you do that. And that's a really nice way to get involved. If you, if you feel like you're somebody that really wants to be involved, but maybe you don't. <laughs> now we have, you know, this is New Jersey, right? We have people that want to get in there and they're like, give me the hardest doors. I want to go convince everybody. But, um, you know, whatever meets kind of your personality and what you'd like to do, we certainly have options for you. Amazing. Yeah, I think the first time that I canvassed was my sophomore year. Um, and it was actually phone banking for Senator John Ossoff. And it was really intimidating, but because you don't know who you're going to talk to. But it's such an empowering thing for young people to simply get on a phone and speak to people that they don't know. And um, you're not pressuring them into voting. You're just talking to them and you're encouraging them to not necessarily vote for any specific candidate, but just to get their vote in there because every vote counts. I know it's a cliche, but it's the truth, especially as midterms are coming up. I just remember the 116th um, Congress in 2018 was historical for so many um, people, including myself. We had many women, women of color, and people who didn't even have a background in politics. Yeah, it was revolutionary. And I really hope, in my opinion, that we can see something really similar to that um, come this midterm election. Um, so with that, thank you so much, um, Mikey Cheryl, for coming onto the podcast today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's really been enjoyable. And thank you for all of your hard work, um, not just for Montclair, which we both love, but also just for the country and your engagement. I, I think that's wonderful. Thanks again. Of course. Thank you again. Thank you so much again to Congresswoman Mikey Sherrill for being on today's episode of Humans of Montclair. It was a very rewarding experience to listen to Mikey address issues that many of my listeners on Humans of Montclair, especially my student demographic, are very passionate about. As a current student myself, I can't even stress enough how important it is to be understanding and following the current events that are happening, not only nationally or globally, but the state and local level as well, especially since that directly affects us almost each and every day. 
And representatives like Mikey Sherrill are listening to the concerns that her district has by generating bipartisan bills that are aimed to benefit and support the people in New Jersey's 11th district, as well as the rest of New Jersey and the United States as a whole. If you're interested in volunteering for Mikey or want to learn more information about the Congresswoman, visit her website at MikeySherrill.com. The midterm elections are on Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. If you are above the age of 18 or turn 18 on election day, make sure to get out there and vote. If you are eligible to vote in the United States but you're not registered, you can easily do this online using Vote.org. It only takes about two minutes. Vote.org is also incredible for many other things regarding voting. You can check your registration, you can register to vote too, as I said before, but you can also request an absentee ballot too. So if you're in college and you register to vote in New Jersey, you can request an absentee ballot and still vote in this election. You can also get election reminders or even pledge to register if you're like me and you turn 18 right after the election. Vote.org also carries a guide that outlines your voting rights as a U.S. citizen, and Vote.org also has an election protection hotline, which is 1-866-687-8683. Please make sure you get out there on November 8th and vote.